Hey, what up, guys? This is Mike. Uh, just getting the business out of the way up front. Want to let you all know that this Sunday at 5 p.m. Uh, West Coast time, we will be doing a live Q&A for our Patreon members. So hop on, and uh, it's only on the second tier, so super cheap and affordable. You can ask me all the growing questions, and you can just dive deep into who Billy is as a person, you know, his deepest fears, you know, his loves, you know, first time he had a kiss, whatever you want. Um, probably not that. But check us out on Patreon, and you know all the other fun things. The Instagram at Grown Local Pod, Twitter, Grown Local One. And we got a very exciting, large dime bag episode for you this week um, with uh, the person we're interviewing on this episode, me and Billy, we get to nerd out together and he knows stuff. You guys, he's so smart in this one. I was the most proud of him on this one. Thank you guys. Relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. You guys, I interview him for a very special, not very, well, it is very special, but for a bonus episode of Behind the Patreon. Mr. Ron Funches himself. It is, uh, and it's a little bit about cannabis. It's a lot about life, which I think a lot about because more of what these interviews that I'm going to be doing with, it's about uh, successful stoners more than anything. So, you know, we talk about weed a little bit, but we talk about life a lot. So, you guys should it's a and that's on the first tier, so real affordable. That's a fun one. I want to hear how to be a successful stoner. It is, and, and it, a lot of it is just knowing when to smoke. <laughs> I was just talking about this with a friend about taking those breaks so you can ride the waves of life and just be like, okay, I'll come back to it. Yeah, you got to let it. Yeah, because he has a good system. Because sometimes you don't want to get elevated before you have to do certain things. And he had, I won't ruin his method, but it's pretty great. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. How's it going, buddy? Man, I'm good. I am. Speaking of, I mean, this, it all kind of ties into the Patreon, not on purpose, but I am moving and rearranging the garage and the shop to get the, to set up the little grow tin operation we're doing. I mean, it's. I'm doing it along with some other stuff that we have to, like, you know, clean up the garage and shit. But I just figured it's time. It's exciting, Michael. It's my favorite thing, too. It's funny. I was just showing uh, one of our newer trimmers. I was showing her pictures of our building when I first got there. And I was like, I built these walls with my hands. I built it. And I built it from the ground up. And because I'm a stupid hippie, like, in the walls on all the two-by-fours, I wrote, like, love, uh, you know, authenticity, honesty, humility. And, like, I wrote all that. So it's, like, permeating out of the walls. But it's fun to see, like, 
what the grow room was before it was a grow room. So it's fun to document that. Well, you have so many different rooms. You have like a, you call it a garden or a grow room, but it's like an operation you have. Oh, Every time I go, you always play it down, and then when I go, I'm like, this is kind of crazy, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I. It's funny I say it's only 100 flowering lights, so, you know, whatever. But, you know, once you get into larger agriculture, you'll have, like, 200 light greenhouses and have multiple ones of those on an entire property. So we are small craft cannabis. We're small little little guys in the whole entire scheme, but that's why it tastes so good. I agree. I agree. It's like heirloom tomatoes. They're better. Yeah. Always better. <laughs> they are better. This speaking of like just from the earth, that's what this episode is. Oh is, yeah. Let's exp- okay, I'm gonna accept the scene for what it and we will post this on the Instagram and we'll post them on the Patreon uh, all week of the because I got a good a couple good videos and some good shots of us what it took to get out there because first of all it was the most Humboldt of all the <laughs> meetings and then how long it took it was like it just cracked me up because we're supposed to it was supposed to be there at 10 something then it, it got pushed and then we were at the post office and on the way to the post office mike goes hey did she say which post office and i was <laughs> like dude if there are two post office in this town i guarantee you we can see the other one from the one we are at it's like and starbucks in suburbia where they're just across the street from each other there was not two <laughs> post office there was one um and then it was hopping. It was like one of the most happening places in town. And then she recognized us and she was like, follow us, follow me. And we we were like literally on a dirt road within a minute of being outside of town. It was like, even for someone from the country, I was like, this is, this is this abrupt. This is weird as hell. Uh, but then it was it became just like oh they just don't pave the roads a lot this is still just like the country and then it got we crossed two gates that kind of opened and i thought okay we're getting close there's the two gates we weren't even it was not even the start those two gates and then she was like there's gonna be a tunnel and i thought she was kidding but there was a tunnel it went under the 101 and then we went up a mountain and then down in the valley and then up in another mountain through a ridge down in another valley through three or four more gates there were several farms we passed through and she was she was like oh we're at the end and she meant it we were <laughs> there the road there was no more road when we got to her farm we were Just like oh this stop. is it and then and then there were just, we had to wait a good 45 minutes even to set up because she had to run her farm. Well, and it reminds me too, like if somebody came to interview me on like a regular day, like it would just be like, okay, I can interview you and we can talk and do all that stuff. But I need to let people know what to do 
while I'm off doing this other thing. Like a lot of farming first starts off with your hands in the ground and growing stuff. And then it really turns into a lot of like managing and telling people what needs to be done. And, you know, especially this time of the year, they were doing fresh frozen harvesting, which was super mm -hmm. fun to see, you know, making medicine for people, which, you know, it's a beautiful thing in life to begin with. But yeah, it's definitely the time of the year where people are super busy, but they had all these freezers out on the trailer of a truck just plugged into a generator and they're just cutting plants down, taking big sun leaves off and then throwing them in the freezers. There were cool little dogs running around. There was this house on the hill that we could see <clears throat> from where we're at. We're like kind of down. There's like several hoop houses or they were hoop houses. And, uh, and she was like, well, that's not the house. That's not technically a house because of blah, 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 whatever rules. She kind of explained it. But it was made of, like, mud and hay and some other nonsense. And it was amazing. We got pictures of it. They, they used it as a, I guess they were curing it in there. Oh, yeah. They uh, were hanging a whole bunch of herbs. It was so much. And, and it reminded me of like when I lived off the grid for this movie for a while and it reminded me of that place because it was kind of I mean they had more electricity and shit than that other place but <laughs> it was the same setup where like the kitchen's kind of outdoors and then people live inside kind it was just beautiful and one of the dudes we didn't talk to or record with but he was showing me his mattress was underneath all this hanging weed in this one room and i was like dude he's like i've been having crazy dreams bro and i was like <laughs> i fucking bet man no that's when i you know worked off the grid up in this small little cabin around 100 plants like you know uh when they did the big harvest they came and took everything and we drove it down the mountain but there was a small cabin there and when we had to take the early colas that were molding out and other stuff like that they were just chopping colas and filling up the room that i was basically staying in so it's just like you know you got this huge room you stretch out and then like as the course of the month goes you, your area starts getting a lot smaller and you just have like cola donkey dicks just slapping you in the face when you wake up in the morning yeah when i asked him i was like yo dude do you are you is that your mattress because i kind of said it as a joke and he was like so he was like yeah, yeah i've been sleeping today. it's awesome and i was like <laughs> i was like oh i guess i bet it is he's like my dreams have been insane I was like, oh i have i have no doubt just trichomes it, dropping on you like fairy dust in the middle of the night it was be i mean that place was beautiful because you could see like a valley and then two or three more hills it was just really really special and then mike just starts nerding out because they're doing regenerative farming and just from the time we were there you could just feel it i was like this guy i gotta coming it's just it was just yeah it was like a weird like i had some horny guy at hooters you know what i mean <laughs> where you're just like hey you shouldn't go here right now when we were walking Behave around... Behave yourself, we're getting wings and you can't touch anything, okay? We were walking around her garden before we even did the interviewing process and she was explaining what she was doing and I was like, 
I was just sitting there and I was like, I'm not even going to say anything right now. I even told her, I was like, I'm waiting until we start recording and then we can do it. But you can even hear in the interview, I did a good job. I kept it down. I, you know, we, we got, we edged towards it. And then there's a part of the interview where you just are like, all right, have at it. Just do it. And that's going to be the dime back. So if you want to hear the nerdy stuff. You guys can hear it. You're going to be able to hear it where he does a really good job. And then we talk, and then it. But it was it creeped in gradually, be, before I knew it. And then I I kind of looked up, and then the way you were both were going like, and I didn't know her like I know fox meat, where I can't just yell at both of you to stop <laughs> it. So I had to just like it hit me. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave. I think, I think I did use it to go to the bathroom at one time where I did walk away and like really just went took into my the time. woods. Yeah, no, I really took my time and walked around. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what y'all talked about for a good 15 minutes. Because I was like, this is going to be the dime bag. Because if I try to stop it, people, like most most normal people that we're trying to reach, as soon as y'all started talking about some of that stuff that I even understood, I was like, they're going to get mad at us, you guys. <laughs> Well, we we even have the Eugene connection, you know. She's a DEM certified, you know, Dragon Earthfly Medicine, uh, which yes. is a wonderful Eugene connection. It is a great company that sells nutrients, but they also do the flower garden at Country Fair and stuff like that. Um, she's certified through their program, and uh, I'll, you guys can just listen to it in the dime bag in the episode, but... It's so cool, man. I just love regenerative farming. I love people who care about this shit. I think that Country Fair is like the DMV of Eugene, Oregon, where it's like everyone has to go through there to get like, like you got to go get your social security number at places when you're born. It's like, ah, you got to go get your Country Fair number so you can live in Eugene because every, everything ties back to that goddamn thing <laughs> it's the nexus i mean once you go there you never have to ask yourself again where will i find mushrooms in life you know like you i just... don't have to ask myself that now <laughs> yeah Under but the good ones in my bathroom right now no the good ones like the really right. motherfucker i've been a comedian for 15 years <laughs> if you don't think i know where to get good mushrooms you didn't know where to get good weed until you came to Eugene. But this is a different podcast. We're talking. That's not a, no. I knew where to get good weed, motherfucker. <laughs> you can get all high and mighty, but I got a lot of friends in South Humboldt now. So I don't have to go to fucking Eugene. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but this... By season by season, we're headed toward my house. I don't know if you know. We're just going to keep drifting down further. Yeah, south. And I'm going to find more and more growers that live closer to Billy's house. All right. So the next episode is going to be the finale, and we're done with this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we didn't think it through. <laughs> Damn it. But then we also get into the real serious shit with her, and we talk about camp. Oh, this, and it's like we said in the teaser episode last week, is like, you're going to hear some real ass stories in a casual way, so you got to listen to these episodes, you guys, because they say stuff in a, in their, their tone 
or inflection doesn't change and it should because the stuff they're saying is wild but it's just their life so they don't say it it was like there's several there's several stories throughout the these episodes where like it was it wasn't until i was driving back two days later i was like holy shit this is wild what some of the this is like they weren't they weren't trying to get crazy rich it's it was just it's just crazy especially when you and i think that's why we're going back is we're going to meet more of them and they're just everyone that we've met is so special and this was just the start this is the first one and we could mike you can hear mike and i slowly through the interview figuring it out we're like oh this is so different than anything we've done and it it just kind of keeps going from there so guys just enjoy this one um mike do the thing ladies and gentlemen give it up for the wonderful wendy kornberg four three two one 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 play it sleep to working groups and so we were in the cultivation working group and it was a very big group of people and it was really really funny because people were talking over each other and I was trying to take notes and I was like wait 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 you guys this isn't working first of all we can't have the side conversation and we've got to have some kind of a talking stick and in the middle of our altar there were the somebody brought corn so I went over and grabbed a corn and we've been recording the whole weekend long with mics. So people were getting used to holding a microphone. So we had the corn as a st- talking stick and everybody was talking into the corn like a microphone. It was brilliant. I was like, this is a gift that keeps giving. This was just my best idea ever. Just, well, it also shows that just if you condition any human to anything, they're, mm-hmm. it's real quick. They pick it up real, real fast. <laughs> it yeah. was great. I was like, yeah. That's awesome that you're connected with them. So they're country fair family mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, very big thing in Eugene. And um, if just you've listened to season one, you know all about country fair. <laughs> <laughs> but we absolutely love them. You know, they've come and spoke a lot up in Eugene and lots of community ties up there. How did you get to know about them or just in that sphere? Um. Wow, I actually have no idea how I initially got introduced to Dragonfly. Um, I do I do know that at some point I found out there was a free certification and it changed my entire ideology about it. Yeah. Because I don't really believe so much in the pay to play situation. I know that money exchanges hands and it just it warps ethics and morals really fast. So as soon as I found that out, I was like, Oh, well that kind of changes everything. I was um you know, that must have been around 2015 or 
2015, I guess, because I know I was speaking at the... We're on a working farm. We are on a working so farm. Which is fine. We don't it's, stop working. And it's and, and all the background noise is great. It's part of we want everyone to know it's the atmosphere more like. than anything. But that is Here's very thoughtful that you were like, ish. I'll just be quiet and you're like, No, we are fine. All this right, is, cool. Yeah. Don't even worry yeah. about it. Yeah. There's one there's an episode that's coming out in a couple of weeks that is just like on rhythm there's a rooster in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That would be at my home. Adds, it's like an adds a nice countdown and everything. Yeah. <laughs> feel like you're hanging out in the backyard. That's what happens on a farm. So uh, I do know I was speaking at the cultivation conference in Oakland, and that was right after I found out that it was a free certification. And so I was telling the group that I was speaking to, uh, and as soon as I said, because we were talking about certifications, and my co-speaker was like, oh, we're clean, green certified. And I was like, yeah, we're not because I'm not going to pay $5,000 a year for somebody to tell me that or, you know, to kind of agree that I'm doing things correctly. It's just eh, not really. I said, but Dragonfly Earth Medicine or DEM is a free certification. It is peer reviewed and everybody started writing it down. And at that point, I know we were not certified yet because I didn't think we were able to get the process through and uh, so I, I reached out to one of my co-farmers uh, to Casey O'Neill at Happy Day Farms and I said what do I need to get Dragonfly certified and at that point Josh and Kelly had already said just you you need just go do the thing it's like not that hard and Casey told me oh just write down all of your closed loops um, for those people that are listening and don't know what a closed loop is a closed loop is basically something that starts on your farm and ends on your farm and returns to your farm it's a close it's a circle it all stays it's right like there you eat an orange and then you poop it out <laughs> and then you eat your poop which is really disgusting so <laughs> not exactly a full closed loop Did there I miss it? Did I miss it? okay see but, that's why i'm here to learn but closing that loop would be using humanure in your garden to grow your next set of food oh, to grow the next set of oranges that's what they're doing loop. in san francisco on the streets just <laughs> you know, I actually went to UC Santa Barbara and we toured a wastewater facility, the, a treatment plant, and the affluent, so the, the water after it gets treated was cleaner than the tap water, and the solids that had been through this whole composting facility was some of the most beautiful soil I'd ever seen. Yeah. Uh, that's so, what they do up in Oregon, too. I believe it's outside of Corvallis. It's yeah. all going for the same exact thing so it's it was really eye-opening to me as a young person to be like oh oh wow look at this like all of the and this was at the time too in santa barbara uh the brown pelicans were going extinct because of all of the um the birth control pills that were women were taking was going and being flushed directly into the ocean the phytoestrogens that were left over would get into the fish which the birds would eat and it would weaken their eggshells so the brown pelicans would actually stand on their eggs, and the eggs were cracking and breaking, and so there were no more baby birds. That is the saddest fucking thing. Like, that's double birth control is what that is. Yes. Yeah. And that is... That shows how much of an ecosystem is connected with every little thing. That and it do. also shows that we are the bad part. <laughs> oh, we don't want to get started. Right. I, just, I just got in big trouble for saying that humans are the worst virus on the planet. I've said that for a <laughs> long think, time. I it's very think. clear. It's very clear. If you pay attention to things, I think it's pretty obvious. I don't think it's even sad. I just think it's a fact. Yeah. It's like, hey, guys, I don't. I think we're the ones keep doing the stuff well and that's that's exactly what i said is i was like listen this is an ugly truth that nobody wants to hear but the reality is 
you know, speaking, and we were, of course, talking about COVID-19. And I said, you know, if this virus wipes out one third of our planet, it's still not going to be enough. Mm -mm. And we will see worse things coming down the pike. And of course, everybody started being like, well, I don't want my parents to die. I'm like, I don't want my parents to die either. I don't want my children to die. I get it. I don't want to die. However, if we want to have, if I want my great grandchildren to have a planet to live on, a lot of us are going to have to die. That's just the simple numbers fact of it. Or just even stop producing. Just, that too. I, I think mean, if we all tap out for a little bit and be like, hey, I'm good without kids. I don't need to do stop that. Stop consuming. That's, I think, more, more than producing. Yeah. We can't stop producing. Some people can. Some people. Um, we're getting t- into a weird eugenics <laughs> thing. Which is eugenics not is fine <laughs> on farms but when you said seed stock. But <laughs> I think more than anything is our mindset has, uh, we have been brainwashed into thinking that it's 50 years of commercials t- uh, subconsciously telling us that buying things and consuming things are how you are properly feel emotions, and that is not that is artificial at its base. So if we stop mass consuming things that we don't actually need yeah. to try to feel, and start doing these things that make you feel, we don't have to talk about eugenics anymore. <laughs> We still do with seed stock and everything else. I know, but as humans. <laughs> but as humans. <laughs> but as humans. Yes. But this is a perfect segue to regenerative farming. and um, Is it? Know. See, I don't even know. <laughs> it is. Okay, it good. is. Great. Then why Great. don't you explain to Billy why this is the perfect segue for it? So regenerative farming specifically, I well, it's actually kind of a funny side story is that the first time I ever heard the term regenerative farming was in, was at the Emerald Cup yeah. uh, many years ago. And it was, I think it was the first regenerative farm award. And I went, what the hell is regenerative farming? What does that even mean? And I get on my phone and I had to Google it. And it was like, oh, regenerative farming is returning more to the land than you take out. And I went, well, yeah, what else do people do? And it took me a good like cycle of a couple minutes to think about the Midwest and corn growers mm-hmm. and industrial agriculture. And I went, oh, right. But I don't consider that farming. That's industrial agriculture. But it was really one of those like all there are that the regenerative farming is so much not the norm that this was like a new terminology for me, even though I grew up with a huge, well, we called it a garden that took up about an acre. Yeah, no, I did too. Yeah, my but grandpa was, had a garden. Yeah, yeah it was a garden. Exa- exa- it was a garden. But it was huge and it was a lot of work. And people the were garden like, That's a farm. I had, Yeah, when no. people say, yes, this exactly. is a farm. This is a farm. <laughs> yes, like the little, oh, when I grow food in my farm. backyard, people are like, whoa. I'm like, this, that's, that's two plants, <laughs> man. That is. We had, we had six cucumber plants this year, and the first harvest was over 20 gallons of cucumbers. Yeah. It wasn't even start. And I was like, oh, maybe six was too many. <laughs> I might have overkilled that a little bit. That's the thing people I don't think realize either is, like, if you grew your own food just for your family, yeah. you don't need a lot. Yeah. You can you can do subsistence gardening on a very small area, and it doesn't cost that much either. No. And so, you don't need a lot. 
and you don't need a lot. I mean, we still supplement with other food, of yes. course, but like if I can avoid going to the store for the entire summer, I am a super happy camper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, mm, toilet so paper, we could grow. There's store and you got to talk to them. You can, you know? <laughs> I like that well, part of it. I just don't like well, the shopping part. One of my good friends who was the first people that I knew who were DEM certified was uh, Shane and the Can Essential Farm up in Oregon. And previously, before moving into the rec market, they were a veganic kale farm. And they lived on, they had that that they sold off, but then everything else they did on the farm was just to feed their family. And they survived mainly on the food on the farm. And they were already a closed loop system. They had orchards that they would do ferments with, you know, the fruit and stuff like that to feed the plants. And, you know, that'll be more nerdy stuff that we get into. (laughs) Trying to slowly open up the door before we. It's all been pretty nerdy, I'll be honest with you. Oh, he has no idea. We barely oh, even started. I do started. have an idea. But I'm also translating for everyone else. So it's like this has already we're been. Gonna, we're going to slowly It's step very up. heady already, you guys. Let's, and Gen what we need nerd. is like, so are you, fr- are you from Humboldt? I am, yes. I'm a second-generation cannabis cultivator here in southern Humboldt. So my family cool. moved here when I was about six months old in 1977. Uh-huh. I grew up on the top of the mountain that uh, my farm is currently in the valley of. And I left for about six years. I went to UC Santa Barbara for two years, and then I moved to Maui for four years, and then I came back. I mean, all the places (laughs) you've lived sound terrible. Uh, Yeah. Santa Barbara, ugly. It's terrible. Hideous place on the coast. Maui, you guys, look Mm -hmm. it up. The beaches are really it's not very good you really should have tried yeah. some place in new jersey yeah. just for a little know, balance right? <laughs> just yeah. just a concrete house in new jersey. <laughs> that's no that's I, I don't think i would have lasted long no i don't do well yeah. in those situations so <laughs> what was so you said so i guess 77 you guys moved here and you said second generation so that's way before it was legalized oh yeah so that was that was that your dad i want to assume to be uh, misogynistic yeah, way, way to just just show some gender inequality well, going on I'm just saying there. at I the mean, times, too. I mean, there's also historical <laughs> precedent there, too. Uh, but, yes, my, my father mainly and uh, my mother did the, the garden. So, yeah. you know, I grew up with families cultivating, you know, everything, basically. Yeah. And then so that was at the time of camp also. Yes, what was much. that like growing up as a little kid with just that bullshit going on yeah that's something and i will say this to our listeners because the first half of the season we like i said like i was telling you before most of my experience was northern humboldt so when we started this season we had this idea of what it was going to be and then we went up and did the first half and we're like oh we've got i don't we gotta go to southern humboldt this is a whole (laughs) different thing so it's it's just interesting and then everyone was talking about camp but like they do about everything else, they're very nonchalant, uh, even about when they talk about camp. It's also got the name camp, which is yeah, kind of fun. fun. No, <laughs> see, you say camp now, and it's just like, I'm like, listen, oh. if you want it to sound good to me, it's summer camp. Exactly. Trim camp. <laughs> exactly. Farm camp. So but I camp started is doing immediately like visceral reaction of like, no, bad. That's the thing. I would <laughs> see that. Yeah. In these interviews, when people talk, like it would be this visceral, you could see them say camp. And so I was like, I don't. So I did my research afterwards. And I looked it up. I was like, so the people listening, you need to Google what that was in some of the footage. And yeah. it, it's basically like if 
if two Black Hawk helicopters landed on a cattle farm and started shooting cows and shit. <laughs> it's yeah. that it's it just, and then it's leaving a them mil- behind exactly. or burning them on site or it was a military operation yep. to these farmers who were just these mostly peaceful hippies. And then it eradicated them and then invited all these well, but it invited it some of the better ones it did. I mean some of the weaker people. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like good people but weaker, like s- sensitive. Right, they right, left right. and in opened up this criminal element. I I mean, we didn't experience that in Southern Humboldt. I'm, I don't. So the whole thing with the cartels and all of that, like we didn't have a lot of that out here. Yeah. That was, there was, that went into more Trinity County. So if you guys ever get a chance to go to Trinity, right, that's the like third you're, you're, you're kind of heading to like rougher territory from Northern to Southern. And then Trinity gets pretty gritty out there. So um, if we, let's, let's say on the map. So we're coming down. Mm-hmm. North, we're in Southern Humboldt, and then we go east. Yeah, gotcha. Yep, north okay. and east again. Gotcha. Um, so, but but yeah, but to get back to camp, so camp stand for stood for the campaign against marijuana planters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives you a clue into the you know what time frame we're talking about, because of course now we all say cannabis, we don't say marijuana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was it was standard basically the months of you know April and May all through October, you would have helicopters with. Guys hanging on ropes, hanging off of the helicopter. Uh, at the beginning, they actually just flew super low. And so, for example, we had a neighbor that had horses, and they would fly so low that they would scare the horses. And she was always afraid that they were going to break their legs. And she's like, if this happens, like, you guys are reimbursing me thousands of dollars for these horses. Like, this is not okay. You can't fly this low over homesteads. And they would do it. They did it all the time. Like, I, they did it on purpose. Well, it wasn't like some. It was, it was absolutely yeah. psychological. This was not, see, and I don't take this nonchalantly at all. I no. get very worked up about it because I grew up in it. Well, there's systems. And they're doing it. Was, it's not, a, it's it was, on, not on accident. It they're was doing not. It, it no. was absolutely on purpose. They would fly the same homestead. So they knew there was no weed being grown there. And they would still fly over. One of my earliest memories is Can a I guy. Can I tell you strategically why they were doing that? Oh, well, sure. But I. It's you piss off the good people yeah. and then they it's yeah, that's a system is what they were. Doing. It, it was absolutely systemic and it was um, psychological warfare and mm-hmm. it was really, really, you know, it was really bizarre because as a kid, it was like everybody grew weed. Everybody knew everybody grew weed, but nobody talked about the fact that everybody grew weed. We were a very close community in Southern Humboldt strangers came into town and there would immediately be like three or four big dudes crossed arms staring at the stranger being like who are you why are you here what are you doing and this what time frame would this like years 80s was? 90s 80s and 90s 80s and 90s and se- probably in the 70s but i was too little to really remember that yeah and um you know one of my earliest memories was a, a helicopter with a guy flipping us off with his like I could see his glasses I could see his gun hanging off of him hanging out of the open door or the window Clipped or something in. yeah and and I was a little kid I was like what five six years old with my grandmother on a deck and he's flipping us off like it was just and I he's mean, a, he's dressed type. he's got a he's got battle dress uniform on correct he, uh no I I don't really recall that I think he had a hat a ball cap on and like you know cop sunglasses is what I really remember and yeah I mean some type of fatigue yeah. type gear but not not SWAT team or anything. Yeah. Um but doing it all with your tax paying dollars. Yeah. 
That's yeah. my favorite part right. of all of that. Doing it. So, yeah. So, Campaign Against Marijuana Planters was funded by the Humboldt County Sheriff's Department and the DEA. And so, we had state dollars going to fund this program that basically they flew around in helicopters and just pissed people off for the most part. And, you know, when, when there was enough pushback where we started saying, actually, so... So my community responded by having a group called CLIMP, the Civil, Liber- Civil Liberties Monitoring Project. That's awesome. And CLIMP would actually have a phone number, and when camp was coming or if there was a raid coming up the hill, so if you saw a bunch of you know white trucks in a row, you would call CLIMP, and they would broadcast it on KMUD radio as to where they were going, and people would report where these caravans were going, and if you were in a community that was really on top of it and listening, they would go out and, like, fall a tree across the dirt road to slow them down while all the hippies ran out in the woods to cut their plants down and take them off the property. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and that was just community-built? Community-driven. Yep. That is I amazing. I love community so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was community organized, which is absolutely amazing. Yep, that was community organized. Um, <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> so they, you were using the local radio station, yep, which was just mostly just broadcast here. Yeah. So everyone. Same uh, same dial as always. We're still on. We still exist to this day. It's KMUD Radio ninety one point one. I'll follow them FM. on Instagram. They're cool. Can, it's a cool you, little station. Yeah, yeah, you can also get onto it on um, anywhere in the world on KMUD.org. And if you tune in the first Sunday of every month, uh, Sunshine and I have a show called The Ganja Tree, and we always like have really cool guests on. It's super fun. Oh, that's, that's awesome. What ti- when is it? Say it again. Uh, first Sunday of the month. And if you go what on time? to, it's at, from 1.30 until 3 o'clock. Okay. And it's it's just labeled Sunday Afternoon Talk Show on the website. It's not the best <laughs> website in the world, but we are a community of hippies, so, you know, we do our best. It exists. It's out there. You can hear it from anywhere. We figure and that's a win. It's technically that's not wrong. That's <laughs> What it is. <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing that I love more and more about being here is just seeing how community driven it is, especially when, you know, they implement something like camp, which is on the outset or as it's sold as like, we're trying to help this community. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the whole community is like, stop helping us. <laughs> we don't need your help. We got this. Well, like even driving to the farm here, we passed two or three other farms. Four other farms. Four. I couldn't, you know, you don't know which garden belongs to the, yes. <laughs> and then also a thing I kept noticing as, is that just as a former cattle farm kid, is like how many gates we passed through yeah. to get to this, to get, I was like, we're going through other people's property. Uh, I'm very sure of this. <laughs> and then we're going through their gates. So we know that, the, I was like, this is like, this is such a community thing. And it reminded me of just like, like, going to my grandpa to pick up farm equipment on somebody else's farm and be like, hey, we're just going to go in their farm? He's like, yeah. He's yeah. Like, go out. And me having – that was the thing I kept thinking I was going to have to do is – the little kid in me when we were coming up was like, I'm going to have to get out of the truck and open one of these gates. Oh, <laughs> and you would have until last year when we have, so out here um, at this, on this prop, this, on this ranch, we call it the ranch, but um, there's many ranches, of course. Yeah. But uh, there's four of us. So, and all of us grew up and went to high school together. So, you know, so it's cool. all community owned in a way that we all know each other. We've all worked together for years. Uh, with the exception of one guy who's new, and he's the one who put in the electric gates. <laughs> <laughs> he probably grew up like I did. Who's like, he's like, let's listen. No, 
want to get out every time. I'm so I spent my whole childhood getting out of the truck and opening the gate. Yep. Waiting, closing it up. Ah. My kids have to do that. I, I'm also I really good at, at getting into places <laughs> if you guys need to get into places. So this, how big is this area where all these farms are at? Um, so our farm is located in what we call the Old Tubi Ranch. So this used to be a cattle ranch. And nice. it got bought by a gentleman named Bob McKee, uh, who's pretty infamous around here for buying up large tracts of land and subdividing them. He divided them mm. into 160s. So this is 160 acres. Our neighbors have 160. They have 160. So for the most part, it's all broken into 160s. And then you guys were all able to get together and buy one or get one and just farm together, basically? No. Well, actually, everybody bought them individually. It just happened that, you know, it was kind of like one person got one and it was like, hey, this guy's got some really nice property. You guys should check it out. And then the next person came and then the next person and then the next person. That's cool. So, so it wasn't a plan. It was just more somebody's yeah. like, yo, yeah, over here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's. That's how everything works. It's, it's word of mouth around here. Like, that's really how things get bought and sold. It's how, you know, people make their livings. It's, you know, we especially this. because this is old school mentality, right? So it was like, oh, hey, do you have a guy in town? Yeah, my guy's coming in next week. Oh, does your guy need anything else? Like, can, can my guy, can I come talk to your guy? Because my yeah. guy's out for like two months or my guy's in jail. <laughs> so. Yeah. And this is still close to your parents' property also. Yeah, that that actually that we that property got sold. So my parents got divorced. My mom got that in the divorce. And it was just it's this amazing house, but it's huge. And it was it's got all these open beams and it's just gorgeous. But seriously, it takes like a week to clean it. So by the time you get done, you're starting (laughs) over. And she was Uh like, I'm kind of over this. So uh, so it did get sold. Well, that's what I love about this area. Just you've been talking to who we're renting our Airbnb from. Is this place is so expansive, but then community-wise, it's so close. Yeah. And well, that's what I was gonna say. Is like, this is our second. This is the second time we've been up here, and each time, I was way more worried going in the first time we came up about finding interviews and stuff. <laughs> And this time, like, our producer who couldn't come because of COVID this time, he doesn't have it yet, but he might. Um, when this comes out, we'll know for sure. <laughs> uh, he'll probably have to edit that out. <laughs> but he uh, is that he was like, what interviews do you guys have and stuff? And I was like, "I we've got a couple. And I think that's all we're going to need at the beginning because this small, because that happened the first time. It was like, we, you, I, it's that two big dudes. I was like, this is what's going to happen. I was like, this is a farm thing. They're going to see how legit we are. And then if a couple people are like, no, they're cool, it'll open up. <laughs> and that's what's happened. See, not that much has changed for back in the day. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Who are you? Why are you here? Are you cool? All right. Yeah. So we've got a few, few people to vouch for you. I'm going to talk to them. Okay, now you can come in. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and once you're in, you're in. Ex- like, <laughs> and you better shut up. <laughs> That's why I like to. And the, the funny thing is too is like, everyone's so cool here about who they are and transparent to a certain degree as much as they can be safely. That it's not. I'm not even. It's not bothersome about. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no bad vibe where it's like. Oh, that farm was not good. It's like, oh, we have some of those too, though. Well, but we just don't we just don't send people there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys know. Do yourselves. not take the right down the dirt road. <laughs> Stay left. Listen, I have a I have a very 
I grew up, I have a skill about that road. That road right there is bad. It's a bad road right there. Yes. The road less traveled for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robert Frost never saw that road. <laughs> He'd have written a totally different poem yeah, if he'd been out here. You need to stay on the beaten path, Robert. <laughs> so then you're growing up and having camp flyover and all that traumatic stuff. What led you to still dive deep into the industry and still like is it a fuck you mentality or like <laughs> we just couldn't get away with it <laughs> way away from it i guess yeah it's a bit of both probably <laughs> um yeah you know growing up in humboldt county and especially in southern humboldt county it was something that you know you we did part of growing up here a lot of it was like question authority like you don't i mean you know the whole thing that i see now where people are like you know, just doing whatever is being told to them to do. It's so weird to me. I just don't understand because I'm like, do you not know your rights or do you not care? Or, you know, I, I don't know. It's Both. Just, uh, right. And it's a bit of both. And also there is a bit of like, you know, having gone through things where you get your rights, you know, really manipulated is the best word I can think of. So growing up... Um, <laughs> So growing up here, like the cops used to love pulling you over for no reason at all. So as a teenager, which is normal everywhere, I guess, but here well, they're it was bored. With, with specific they're bored like agendas. You teenagers are right. Well, not to say we didn't drink and drive a lot because we did, but exactly, yes. you know most of us got away with it way too much. Uh, but they would always pull you over and then say like, "Oh, you know, your license plate light was out. Do you want to get out and check it?" Which, as a teenager, I would do, and then. The second you step out of your car, and this is something that actually people don't know, the second you step out of your car, you are consenting to a field sobriety test, which means they can hold you on the side of the road for as long as they want until they deem that you're not drunk or high. Yeah. While they're walking around with flashlights, staring in your car, you know. And so, you know, I encountered that quite a few times as a teenager before I was like, why does this keep happening? And I think it was actually the Civil Liberties Monitoring Project that was like, oh, hey, we have this guy coming in to speak about civil disobedience while you're driving and there was a gentleman who would speed on purpose way too fast to get pulled over and you know he's like you have to be willing to take this to court you have to be willing to spend a few hours on the side of the road while you demand that they show that you were speeding and then you take them to court because it's a victimless crime and there was a whole thing about it i can't really remember but through that i also found out that you don't ever get out of your car I found in, in that out through a lawyer after I got out of my car. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but the second one, I didn't get out of my car. I don't get out of my car anymore. You not. also yes. do not have to pull over when they're pulling you over until you feel you are safe. And living out in the country, I definitely have been pulled over at dark, you know, on the side of the road, down, you know, about half an hour from town. Standing there on the side of the road, waiting while they're asking me weird questions. I had a cop that got to play good cop, bad cop, all by himself. That was really fun. Oof. Very confusing. I bet his wife loves him, too. I, <laughs> I just, I was like, you don't ask them if they're bipolar, right? You don't, you you can't. don't do that. You, you don't can't. ask them questions. Okay. So. That's a rural problem. Yeah. <laughs> is what that is. Like, my Being aunts. bipolar? <laughs> no, that's an everywhere problem. Uh, but the rural problem of, like, small town cops being attracted to certain people and like that i had some aunts that had to like oh so-and-so would pull me over sometimes we don't know them around here though that's that's one of the things too is we have like humboldt county is kind of approving grounds for cops that are fresh out of the academies 
So so we got to know that really quickly when you'd see your standard CHP like cycling over and over and over again. And it became obvious. And at some point it was like, oh, oh, yeah, this is where they go when they come fresh out of academy for training is they come up here to these rural areas because they're relatively safe in some extent. But yet we're all outlaws. So we're probably doing something wrong. (laughs) I don't think any part of this county feels good if you're unexperienced in anything. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking like I I was just thinking from the uh, because that's immediately I was like I was just trying to think like as a young CHP person like. I don't know if I want to go up there. <laughs> you know I, I mean? wouldn't want like, to. Just, even so driving it's just on me in the car around them, and they know the backwood. <laughs> no, and they're probably doing something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I've made a terrible decision with my life. <laughs> that's that's another. Yeah, it's like that's just funny to me. It's like I kind of like I've. We're trying to talk to the sheriff because I like because. We talked to our sheriff here. Yeah, Sheriff Hansel. Yes, because he seems. uh, First of all, he's from here, which I find very interesting. Because and he reminds me of like a small county sheriff I knew, Mm -hmm. where he is community minded to a certain degree. I think now that it's legalized, it probably helps him out a lot more, just from a political standpoint, where how he has to deal with the you know where the money comes from and all, and his, but like he does seem way more protective of you guys as growers now from from what I've like I follow his Instagram and I've watched him speak and stuff because because that seems to have changed after we talked to Ed Laylaw the fire marshal I kind of looked into more of like how the community because like you said the radio like during camp everybody went against camp right so like I think he's smart enough to know that kind oh of for stuff. sure yeah so he it's, seems to be working with the community instead of against the community. To some extent. So there's, there's he's asked. working with the legal community. But, you know, post Prop 64, it's been a whole different world because it really has. There, there was a period of time for the last couple of years where it just was hugely divisive in our community. Mm. There was people that went legal and there were people that didn't. And the people that didn't were really pissed off at the people that did. And the people that did were really pissed off at the people that didn't. And it was just like this whole like legal weed is bullshit. Fuck the government. What the hell are you guys doing? And yet the people who chose to go legal like us in our farm, we were like, well, you know, I don't really want to go to jail. I don't really want to lose my crop again. I don't really want to deal with this. I really love the fact that I don't have to worry when a helicopter flies. I mean, even though I still duck and cover because it's so ingrained. <laughs> oh, we've, we did a couple of but, interviews yeah. where we heard of it. Just, you get, <laughs> we, the, we still do everyone it. Stops. Everyone stops. <laughs> yep. so like, oh, are we cool? I know. And it's like with the fires right now, they're flying. We're in, a, we're in a flight path, so we get flown over a lot. And it's still just like my heart races, my stomach drops, and I'm like <gasps> and I have to literally school myself to just calm down Drop your shoulders, take a breath, relax. Everything's fine. It's okay. We have a legal farm. We are allowed to be here. The clinical term for that is post-traumatic yes. stress syndrome. Yep. yep. It is. And, uh, yeah. And Not because dissimilar. that's what they were doing, too. Because it was a war on drugs. Yes. And we are literally veterans of a war that lasted for longer than any war in the, well, I think, maybe ever. I don't know for sure. But no, we're talking about three gonna, decades. Afghanistan's going to break them all. Because uh, <laughs> of the opium, which yeah, is another yeah. part of it. Right. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> and also historically, you can't really 
yeah. take Afghanistan because <laughs> it's the mountains and the people there are just like, nah, dude, we're cool. <laughs> we're they yeah. were better armed than we are. Yeah, we've, been, we've been doing this for thousands of years. <laughs> Keep coming in. So, But that's a different podcast. Different podcast. But um, oh, I was going to say real quick, too. So if you ever, get, so if you follow Billy Hansel, Sheriff Hansel, you mm-hmm. know his face and things. Check out, I think there's clips of it um, on YouTube and things, Gondrosaurus Rex. Oh, uh, okay. So Gondrosaurus Rex was a, a video, um, a, like maybe even Betamax, might be that old. I think it's VCR. But uh, that was put, uh, Southern Humboldt County here got together and they put on this video to play basically called Gondrosaurus Rex. A lot of like my family's friends are in it and things. And the sheriff who's in there, it's just it's so Sheriff Hansel. It's kind of <laughs> like I can't look at him without laughing. I'm like, oh don't laugh at the sheriff. Like don't laugh at the sheriff. Way before he was Oh he, yeah. This was in the eighties. Oh, but now it's like it, it like it's just, an old I mean it's a bad movie. It's 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 you know it's totally I B wanna see it now. movie. I, wanna see I would, it. I would nope, imagine nope. it's probably C if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. It, I don't I know. I can't imagine the production value is great. <laughs> you I know, for Southern Humboldt County, it was pretty good yeah. production value. It's worth seeing. I was going to say, if I can find it, you guys, I'm going to put it on our Patreon. We're going to watch it. Yeah, and sure. I, it put we'll it have a screening of it. Yeah, we should. I was going to say, I wonder if Al has copies of it anywhere. But yeah. you did reference something as far as going towards the legal market about getting your crops cut down again. <laughs> again. You used that word. I did. Is there a story behind that? Have What has your oh, interactions been? Many stories behind that. That's, that's what we want. <laughs> What's the one that comes to mind first? Uh, do you want to go like <laughs> progressively with like time frame or do you yes. want to go? <laughs> yep. Yeah. However right. you feel comfortable. Uh, this is Well, so the last time we had, well, Let's see. I just want to start with the first of the lot. So, so obviously, it's been more than once that our farms have been raided. Um, one time was actually out in Trinity County. Uh, Willow Creek was one of the first farms that we had, and this was post Proposition 215. So, for listeners that aren't aware, California had a medical proposition that passed in 1995, I believe it was, and enacted in '96, uh, written by Dennis Perron. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Name. That yeah. just sounded like a Vita for a minute there. My brain went to, like, South America. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Dennis Perone uh, authored it, and it was passed, and it allowed medical cannabis for patients. So you could go in and get a prescription. At that point, we started having dispensaries, and we started being able to be caregivers. So we could grow weed for patients that couldn't grow it themselves. At that time, you know, things were pretty loose, and as we moved further and further into this proposition being something that was kind of okay and more widely accepted, you started gathering patients by going to events. So you would go to an event, and we had these forms that people would fill out, and they would say, I'm now one of your patients, and I would say, I'm now your caregiver, and you can legally buy weed from me. Or you can legally take my weed and give me a monetary donation for compensation. So we collected stacks of 215s, um, and a lot of them were very legitimate. We had AIDS patients. We had cancer patients. We were caring for a lot of people down in the Bay Area and even further south that would come to events and, you know, buy their cannabis and then go home. Like a flea market kind of. I, I performed at kind of one of those events in Flea market, in but Washington. only selling weed. But that's what I, I called that. <laughs> I don't think they called it that. But when yeah. I walked into the room, I was like, they were having i was like this is a flea market for weed stuff yeah <laughs> and the the guy running it's like yeah it kind of is yep so that okay so i know exactly where i've 
I've performed at a couple of those in yeah. Washington. It was so really booth upon booth upon booth upon booth of farmers selling their goods. It's it was like a farmers market, but again, only for weed. So, it was a fun one too, though. On a oh, side note, fun. because because uh, they could just give you stuff. Yep. And that's how they paid me. And yep. then I got way more than the other comics. And I was like, I guess that was just funnier. <laughs> Give him some more. Keep him stoned. Like, He's great. I was like, I got a lot. <laughs> all of it. And that was another thing is we could give it away for free. So, like, we had, if we had sick people come to the booth, we could just send them home with a pound of weed. Like, it was, I mean, the, the, there were pushing boundaries at that point because you think you were still limited to an ounce. But, you know, if I had somebody with cancer coming up to me and who was visibly very ill, I'm like, I'm donating as much as I want. Without I'm a doubt. Just, again, growing up in Humboldt County, you kind of got a base of outlaw nature if you stuck around, and if, especially if you came back, that it's real hard to shake. Well, outlaw nature, but also a very practical farming thing. Yeah. This is a person in need. This is somebody who you know, could greatly benefit from it. Fuck laws. Fuck the bureaucracy. Right. I, I have, I have something to help. I'm giving it to you. Exactly. There's a... There's, There's a, a difference between a criminal and an outlaw. Yes, there is. Yeah. I think that's also what we're trying to get across in this, is I think that's where a lot of the stigma comes from, is that most of these farmers or growers are outlaws. They're not criminals. Right. They're they're like, this law doesn't make sense, so I'm going to go deep into the woods and help out mankind quietly. <laughs> right, or loudly for some of us. Well, <laughs> I was being nice. I mean, <laughs> they can do it loud because they're not near anyone else. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like, Oh, the harvest parties we used to ever see. I had, oh. to, I had to point out to uh, our producer that Mike's loud sometimes. It's all good. Uh, Mike is loud sometimes, <laughs> and I had to point out to our producer that that Mike is loud because he's a farmer and they're loud. <laughs> Farmers are loud. loud. <laughs> yeah, they are. Somewhere. You live in nature. The way you communicate and you're dealing oh, yeah. is different. Yeah, because like we got to yell down to that garden. It's way well, far away. I have to tell people in the city a lot about that. They're like, "Why is he so like that?" And you're like, "Oh, well the." They, the way they communicate is different. Our basis for comparison is it's slightly just, skewed. Yeah, it's just different. They're That's not, not loud. It's just, it's exactly. Not loud. You guys are like, I'm not being loud. That's and I'm like, loud. no, I but two other people, well. they think you're loud. I don't think you're loud. I'm explaining to them while the way you speak seems like yelling to them. Yeah, it's very funny. But we do with a smile. Exactly. That, I think that's why it's so confusing. It's like, why are they laughing and yelling at me? I'm like, they're not yelling at you. They're just talking. They just can't hear well because everything is loud. <laughs> so then you get, how do you, doing the right, flea how markets did we, with right. the... Oh, that's right. I was like, where were we going? Right. See, this is why I told you guys you're going to need two hours. <laughs> we're all right now. <laughs> no, this is great. So, uh, yeah. So, basically... Um, so we had a farm out in Willow Creek at the time, right? So we're talking about the rating stories, as, as, you know, track, tracking back to that. Um, and it was, I think that was our first, like, legit, this was a piece of property we were going to buy. And we had a, kind of what ended up being a really bad deal for the purchase of it. It was a neg negatively amortized mortgage, which uh, basically means that you're not paying anything but you're still accruing interest and then your interest is accruing interest. So it like goes up exponentially. 
But being that this was, you know, a Southern Humboldt handshake land deal, which is what a lot of them were back then, we're like, ah, we'll just do it. And we should be able to, like, you know, get enough patience that we can have enough, you know, money coming in that we can fix this next year. Well, towards the end of the season, we had been to events. We'd been caregiving. Um, We hadn't been selling anything yet because we didn't have anything to sell, but we'd just been going and, like, collecting patients and talking with dispensary owners and whatnot. And so we had a stack of what we called 215s, which was basically a agreement from a patient to a caregiver saying, you're my caregiver, and we're saying you're our patient. And uh, nowadays with HIPAA rights, it's like it was totally unconstitutional that we had to have those on hand at the farm, but we did mm-hmm. back then. We were gone for the weekend. We came back, and no, that's right, we weren't gone yet. We left for the weekend because we were there, and this huge army helicopter flew over the edge onto the top of our greenhouses. Again, so close, you could see him leaning out, and I was like, oh, damn it, we're, we're going to get raided. We're done. And so we had Agrabon, which is a, a very light frost cover over the tops of the hoops, and I was just like, I had just gotten my partner up here. Uh, I think this was like maybe our second or third year growing was all back back at home here after moving from Maui. And I was like, just be casual. Grab a tomato plant and just walk the tomato plant from this area to that area. Just <laughs> act like it's not a big deal. Maybe they haven't seen inside the hoops yet. And as soon as the helicopter kind of went around over the mountainside, I'm like, okay, now run and drop all the sides. So we're running and dropping as many of the sides as we can to cover the hoops entirely. And now it's flying back again. We're like, okay, grab another tomato plant. Walk the plant. Walk the plant. Just casual, casual. Don't look up. Keep your hat tipped down. Keep your face away from the helicopter. But walk the plant. Act like there's nothing happening here. Moving another tomato plant. And as soon as it went over, I'm like, okay, now run and drop the sides again. We ran, dropped all the sides. And uh, at that point, I was like, there's there's no way. We're, we're, we're done. Like, let's get off property right now. So we got in the car, we took off, we headed out, and we stayed away for the weekend. We came back, and, like, everything was gone, including the stack of 215s. So they came, and they took all of our patient documents. And um, at the time, the land wasn't in Did our they lane. take the tomatoes, too? No, they, no, they <laughs> left our tomatoes. That was nice. That was nice. But, you know, I think the tomatoes might have died because they didn't get water for, like, four days. Um, so we got back, and, yeah, and there was, you know... Uh, something on the tree that was like stapled up that I, I don't remember if it was like we took all your shit too fucking bad yeah <laughs> basically was the idea yeah but in in yeah in legalese right in yeah. legalese mm-hmm. so at that point you know it ended up not being the worst case scenario because my partner was new to this and he was like kind of freaked out about it already and the fact that everything was gone and i was like dude there's nobody here they're not here to arrest us they're not out to get us they're after the guy whose property this is because he was actually being federally indicted at the time, which we didn't know until we'd gotten into the situation. Oh, yeah, that's that's uh, he should lead with that. Yeah, that would have been when you're doing business, right? Probably hey, better to know earlier than before we do this. <laughs> it was it was well into the process when we found that out, and we we're like, well, we're just going to keep after it. I just want to let you guys know that the United States government is mad at me. <laughs> So, do you want to do this deal? No. See, I know every time I say that, no one wants to do business. Exactly. You wait until the people are, like, firmly entrenched, and then you tell them. So, uh, yeah, so they were after him, like, with a hard-on that was insane. They hit every single property he had ever had anything to do with. So, they're just messing with this dude. They were after him. So, so we walked away, and, you know, again... They never contacted you guys about the... 
papers? Nope. And that had your names nope. and stuff on it? Nope. They never contacted us about anything. But it had your name and stuff on it, It right? It did, yeah. Uh... No, I think our I think it did not have our names on it. You just had the patient's name. Yeah, I believe it was just the patient names at that time. It was like one of those forms that you filled out way back in the day. Um, I don't think because we didn't have a dispensary, so it was like we're just a caregiver. Gotcha. Okay. Um, from what I recall, but that was quite a, quite a long time ago, actually. Wow, like time fourteen years ago, thirteen, fourteen years ago. That's not but that the long first ago. time you got. But that was, yeah. <laughs> so you lose everything. Yeah, we lost everything. You just kind of got to sit there and take it. Yep. We just, we left and it was, like I said, I mean, there was weird blessings in disguise because actually the land deal was pretty bad. So we kind of were like, well, we're out of that one now. I was going to say that's the one where you just kind of dust your shoulders off and (laughs) be like, what about that land deal? Right, exactly. Like maybe, maybe that wasn't where we should be anyway. Um, and then, and, and nobody got arrested. So for somebody that was new coming into cultivation, that was kind of anxious about it and seeing that like, oh, they're not hiding out in the trees waiting to jump on you. They're not blockading your driveway. They're cutting down your plants and being like, sorry, suckers. Yeah. Try again next year. It's almost like robbery. Almost. No, I wouldn't say robbery (laughs) as much. Government sanctioned robbery. I was, I wouldn't say robbery as much as what it is is eliminating competition <laughs> from somebody else. I would... That's not... I don't know if I that's, that's how they looked f- at it, but... <laughs> form of robbery, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. But, but that that was from a strategic standpoint. That's and that's his first season out here farming. No, I think that was second or third, maybe. But the first one of, like, you know, on our own, on our own property that we'd yeah. been developing. And, you know, spent a bunch of money putting in roads and flats and infrastructure and all of that. And it was just like, oh, wah, wah, wah. Good thing we're young and it's fine. We'll bounce back. Um, and then we've actually been raided on this property twice. Uh, the same in, property we're sitting on right yes. now. That's now a legal farm. That's right. But you guys were doing the same things before. Mm-hmm. In the same place. In the same exact Same garden. Place. They look exactly the same, actually. The and same they planting rows, probably? Uh, yeah, everything. actually, same planting rows. Yes, physically, it's the same. It was a piece of paper that changed. <laughs> it, was, guys, it, it was. It was. No, this. a piece it's of paper and tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars paid to the government. Yes. And then a few more tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> paid, and then a few more. Yes. And then some taxes, and then another ten and twenty and thirty thousand. So yeah. Oh, it's a profit deal. Ah, <laughs> it's a profit scheme for the no, government. It's a profit we deal. get it now. Gotcha. So when they, you guys, I've we took some videos driving up just to because we want to let people know, like, because we went to a seed farm. And it was pretty easy to get to. Very easy. Um, <laughs> it was very easy. We're a little, we're a little farther. And uh, I remember being just like a tad disappointed at the seed farm. I was like, well, "That's fucking easy as hell to get to." And then when we started coming up to this one, I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> but then now you, I feel like I'm going to a weed farm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, don't look to the right. That is that is the edge right there. Um, but how do they access this? Well, like, how did they come raid this farm? Because, like, remember, I was talking to you about those guys hanging out of helicopters. That's it was just all drop it a little further down, and he's on the ground. So they just fast yeah. roped. Yeah. So we actually we got hit because our gardens are out in the middle of like really easy to land places, mm. and it wasn't. They were never after us. There was never a warrant. Nothing was ever left behind, except for an amazing pair of pruning shears, which are still our favorite ones ever. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's 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 uh, we call those our fifty thousand dollar pruning shears. <laughs> um, but yeah, no warrant, no paperwork left, nothing. They would literally be busting over the mountain on the other side of the river or over the mountain the other direction from us. And I know exactly what it was. It was like end of day. We've got two more hours. Let's bump our numbers a little bit more. Oh, let's let's hit that little garden right there. And so they came in the first time. They just cut everything down and like left it laying on the ground. And we came in a day later and we're like, oh, well, it's all still here. And we're only like a couple weeks. I think we we're three or four weeks early, three weeks early, probably. So we're like, well, fuck it. Let's hang everything up. Dry so, yeah. we, you know, it wasn't a great run, but it wasn't a total loss. And then the last time that they busted us here, they came. Same thing. It was end of day. It was just one garden out of three. They cut everything down and it was we were doing light deprivation at the time. They put all. <laughs> so I'm actually going to backtrack because it's a little more fun telling the long version. Oh, of this yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let so. Oh, we good. So basically, we hear that they're busting the neighbors. And we're like, oh, man. Everybody, How do you hear that? Uh, telephone okay. or Civil Liberties Monitoring Project, KMUD. It was all, you know, we, we run a real, we call it the, well, in Hawaii, it was called the Coconut Wireless, right? And in Humboldt County, we call it the Weed Wireless, where it's just like people call people and let people know. Yeah. You also could hear them <laughs> and see them. So. Well, I was just at that point. I, I Helicopters would come. So, so the way you knew somebody was going to get interesting to me, just yeah. probably just to me more than anyone else. Now that I'm thinking about it, like that is how a weird do you place. know? Well, no, but it's a good question. Like how you communicate is always yeah. interesting to me. Like you just let you always know. knew ahead of time because the helicopters would circle, so they would be circling gardens, and it'd be like, oh man, that's so and so's place. Yeah, and so you'd call so and so and be like, dude, they're they're on, they're over your spot. Get off. Get off the property or be prepared to hold your freaking paperwork up and probably get arrested and fight for your rights. And it was those were the two choices that you had at that time. <sighs> so, um, you know, we would hear their busting costs money that costs a lot of money. And a lot of times you didn't win. And even if you did win, you still lost your crop because you didn't get it back. They so cut it down and just destroyed better it. to run. Most of us chose to run if you if you had to. Yeah. So well, I'm just asking from like a common sense. Like business choice i mean it's like when the banks now factor in the fees from the sec right because they're cheating they're like yeah well it's easier to pay you the fee and keep cheating that's <laughs> just a business plan right so back in the day i used to say I, I i still say this i'm like i would never have gone to jail for weed 20 years ago 10 years ago yeah. even five years ago now that i am like fully sanctioned by the state of california you fuck with me, I will absolutely go to jail for this, and I will absolutely fight you tooth and nail until I win. Yeah. Because it's bullshit. Yeah. Back then, a little bit different. It was we didn't have the legs to they stand had the on cards. as much. They but had now, all the cards. yeah. I mean, now I'm just like, hell no. You want to make a martyr out of me? You better watch out who you're fucking with, because <laughs> I'm not playing anymore. Because because I'm gonna let you in on like the way she looks right now is very serious. <laughs> <laughs> her, I, her I general vibe her. <laughs> her general vibe is honest <laughs> no, uh, I, yeah i get it there's certain things where i'm like no i'm gonna have to fight you on this yeah. one yeah my, a, my family's not happy about that decision by the way they're like we need you i'm like well then we better just keep paying the taxes and doing the deal because uh you know really it's just up to the federal government at this point and again i'm like we don't have enough people being loud enough about this. We just don't. We just, I hate to say that more people need to go to jail, but at some point, 
you know, making a big deal about this and being like, this should be federally legal. This is ridiculous that this many states are on point and this many states are saying this is medicine that people oh, it's need. It's clear that's what the majority of the people in the United States of America want to happen. Yeah. But. So the way our government's set up, I theoretically, that motherfucking shit should be legal. <laughs> But until the pharmaceutical companies figure out how to get their cut, and ain't the happening. insurance companies, and the insurance companies, and the banks, and the and the and the and the, it's mostly big business. It's, it's all big the, business. It's not even the pharmaceutical companies. It's the insurance companies because of drug testing. They don't have to pay shit because pot stays in your system for thirty days because it's fat soluble. All the other hard, fun, fucked up drugs that are bad for you. They're out of your system 24 hours to a week at the most. But everyone smokes weed after they do hard drugs to come down. It makes them feel better because it's actual fucking medicine. So it stays in your system. And they know that every motherfucker that does bad drugs also smokes a little weed. It's just how it works. So that's why that system is still set up the way it is. But the propaganda is slowly dissipating and people are starting yeah. to see the fucking truth and that's what this fucking podcast is about because we're going to talk about women in their 30s who are fight who are just growing wheat that's who's growing wheat it's not some dude with long hair and a biker tattoo or some fucking cartel right right we're families we're just i Your mean enthusiasm is obviously contagious because i just <laughs> went real genuine and hardcore too as i was doing i was like oh that's contagious <laughs> you're motivated like i feel yeah let's start I, a movement I, I love what i do i mean it's it's fun to like it's fun to meet senators and congressmen and give them your business card and be like i'm a mother I'm, you know, an educator, and I grow a shitload of weed. And you should come to my farm and check it out because and, it's and not most scary. Most of them are like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've yet I don't to know have if any. You know politicians, but they like to <laughs> yeah. party. I've yet to anybody take me up on it. I'm like, come on, you guys. It's they a just family don't farm. Like to, they don't like to come to the it's woods. Too far. It's I know. just dirty. <laughs> just, just FYI, guys, this is a pretty dope spot. It, so you should, holes, if you're listening, yeah. you should come out here. Come on, garden. When you're VP, come on yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> so rated. So rated. <laughs> <laughs> I bring it back sometimes. This is I'm great. Good at it. This is one of the best interviews we've had. <laughs> All right. So basically, what happens is you get the call that says that you know the choppers are flying the Benbow Valley, and there's a lot of growing that happens in the Benbow Valley, but you can kind of see which direction they're heading and where they're at. And so this was the last time we get raided. We get the call and we're like, okay, everybody off property. Like, just get get out of there. We don't know what's going on. And um, and at the time, we actually got the call that like, oh, no, they're dropping on your garden. We're like, ah, oh, man, again. This is two years in a row, by you the guys way. Aren't, you guys aren't there. We'd left. We, we'd left property yeah because you knew they were on their way yeah because you could hear them flying and circling and it's like i think we were there was um i think that my partner was here at the time and he was just like oh yeah they're circling we're in the car we're out yeah so they took off uh and our neighbors across the river were just like yep there's the dude dropping down and we're like man this sucks 
So we all wait in town and I gathered a little team of my girlfriends and I said, all right, come 11 o'clock at night. I want everybody meeting up. We're all going to wear black. We're heading back out to the farm. See, but they, they, they left anything, right? Mm-hmm. So we all come out and it's gone. I'm like, man, this sucks. Like come it's on. gone. Last time they left it behind. And I was just the whole time I was like, I just, I'm kind of really hoping because we're only a week out. I'm really hoping that they just cut it all down because that saves us like probably a good 1500 bucks in labor. <laughs> so like, maybe they just cut it all down for us. Maybe, I mean like, that'd be really kind of cool actually. And we get out. I was like, damn, it's gone. Ah, oh, this sucks. I'm like, all right, ladies, let's just, pick up the scraps because they always leave a couple branches here and there and I'm like at least we'll get like an ounce of head stash or something out of it so we're going through and we're picking it up and I'm bitching about how like these guys don't even do their job very well I was like look at there's like this huge branch like under the tarp and I pull this branch out from underneath the light depth tarp and the tarp flips back it's all there <gasps> everything is under the tarps. They put it into, I don't even know what they were thinking, but they put it in the tarps and they covered it up. One of the tarps had a hose put on it. So like that was all super crispy and fresh and like picked everything up, freaking took it off and did fine. Do you think they did that on purpose? Well, at that point, what was going on was they were trying to destroy the crops, but they didn't, like obviously they came, they cut it down, didn't really figure out the timing quite right. Mm -hmm. So they their thought process was if we put this in these black tarps and cover it up, the sun will shine tomorrow and destroy it for us. But we got there at midnight and it was oh. all still there. So we worked from like midnight until five AM and got everything back off property and like nocturnal ladies coming in. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were like, we. I said something. I, we all. I was gonna make T-shirts, but I never did it. That said, uh, like Night Ninja Squad or That's, something. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy scary. one of those. Those are cool. I would like to hang out with the lady ninjas of the night. <laughs> the cannabis <laughs> lady ninjas of the night. Do you need a harvest done? Do you need it done in the middle of the night? Can I come? I know some lady ninjas that can take care. Of that's well, that part always fascinates me about the other side of it, where it's like the guys that are coming in to eradicate it or whatever, the lack, the willing, uh, willing, what's the word? How it's like a willingful ignorance about the plant, because I, I, I've always been curious, and because I had a friend who that's what he did, and uh. In Tennessee, a guy I grew up with going to like stuff, and he got into law enforcement. And he, I was open. I made fun of him all the time. I'm like, "Why are you busting up marijuana, dude?" I was like, and then he transferred to like arson or whatever department. I was like, "That's fine. Now I'm you're cool." Much with better. Yeah, I was like, "You're doing the <laughs> Lord's work." Before you're just messing with people. Yeah. And uh, he was fine with it because he knew that I was a comedian. But I think he there was a part of him is like, "Just stop messing with me about this. This is not my choice, man. I'm just I trying to do a career." But I made him wear my marijuana shirt that said, uh, it was a pot lease that said, uh, laughter is the second best medicine. <laughs> and I, I have a picture. I'll never, I'll never throw him under the bus, but I have a picture of him wearing it underneath his eradication jumpsuit. Uh, uh, he's like, he was like, well, that's, I mean, he's like, like, he could never admit, and I don't know if he will, that it's bad. I mean, that it's good. That, that it's, it's good, like, yeah. That he couldn't. And I think that you frustrated put that much it, time and effort. It put a strain on our relationship to a degree because I couldn't, because he couldn't look at. It bothered me that he couldn't just tell me as as his friend to be like, "This is my job, man. Just fucking yeah. leave me alone about this." 
but he would want to argue with me. And I was like, you're making yourself look so stupid right now, and it makes me angry as your friend because you're wrong and you know you're wrong. Right. And just whisper to me that you know what you're doing. Because when you don't, that drives me crazy. Blink twice if you know this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the problem there is then you're also putting, you know, people into a position where, I mean, if you're part, if a huge part of your life is all about doing something that you feel wrong about, yeah. I mean, that's really, that's a hard thing to balance. I wouldn't be able to do that. I do this because I feel that it's right. Even when yes. people were like, this is not okay. What you're doing is wrong. I'm like, yeah, but this will change and it will come about. And I know what I'm doing and I know that what I'm doing is right. And I know that my friend who has AIDS needs this. And I know that that group of 18 cancer patients in East LA that can't afford to buy this stuff in the store because it's ridiculously expensive there. I know that I'm supporting their journey through cancer. However, that might end, whether it cures it or whether it just gives them a piece of ease of life for the, and increases their quality of life for the end of it. I'm going to support that. And I don't care what anybody else tells me. Yep. I'm supporting what I know is right because I know that it's right. If I was dealing cocaine and somebody was like, cocaine is really bad, I would have a really hard time arguing how it's really good. Yes. I, I don't believe, like, you know, I'm like, hey, yeah, you're right. I don't think it's I would be not, comfortable with that. Not good. It's good. <laughs> no, it's definitely not good. I mean, I know so um, many people that even back in the day where they were like, they'd say like, Acid, or you go get the, you know, all the drugs from, and then they're like, "Yeah, I'm fucking on cocaine." Or yeah, like that. And you're like, "See, right? It is bad, right?" Yeah. Well, and that ultimately makes you better at your job, I think, because that same fieriness that just came out, you can't do that unless you fundamentally believe that what you're doing is correct. Right. You know, and to step into the farming side, okay, to interrupt, like even this. You don't drive out <laughs> nope, here. I got so close. I got so close. <laughs> Even this, driving out here. You don't live out here this deep as a business decision. Right. This is not for business. This is a lifestyle that you believe in. Even when you were making ha money hand over fist during the, what, the green rush days and all that stuff. When the prices of pounds were so much higher and stuff. Yeah, but even during Prohibition era, era, we still weren't making money hands over fist. We were just way scaled back. Like, we we did a lot less because it, this isn't something that I ever got into to make a monetary killing on. This was something I've always gone into exactly for exactly what we're just talking about. There is a passion. There is a drive. There is a firm belief that what I'm doing is actually helping to cultivate the planet, not just a plant and not just human health. It, it all ties in for me. Yes. Because ultimately, there's other ways that you could go about farming this. <laughs> there's other ways that you could go about farming this plant that may be more beneficial monetarily, but it's something that you believe in. Even I, as like no-till organic farmer, I eat non-organic food. I'll eat McDonald's every once in a while. I but have a I gummy bear What's now that mean? What's that mean every <laughs> once in a while? Every once in a while, you know, three times a week. <laughs> but <laughs> that vague. was a comedic using, thing. You're using vague terms, homie. <laughs> but it is something that I firmly believe in, you know, just as 
a way to bring this medicine to people and as a way to do it as far as not fucking up the world even more. That's why yeah. I reuse my soil. That's why I try and do this in the best way. And it's not because it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's because it's something that you're passionate about. The way that you go about farming, you can't do even that without being passionate about regenerative farming. Agreed. I, I totally agree. I um, the, the way that we farm out here is... I mean, and, and I've been through all of it. Like we, we actually, I grew indoor for a while. I, you know, we reused, reused, we bought new soil. You know, there was a point when I was like, this is kind of ridiculous. Like what are, why are, why are we doing it like this? This is, this doesn't actually make any sense. And it was just like, well, we inherited a property that had some old grow houses. And so we just kind of continued their cycle until I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't like being inside. I don't like these lights. I don't like the electrical consumption. I don't like, you know, and I think at that point, indoor had dropped to like 2,300 a pound. And I was like, yeah, no, it's not worth it. We're out. We're done. My garden beds are full of all this amazing reused potting soil that we're now like inoculating and bringing our native soil into it. And, you know, I don't need any more of that. So we'll just, this is silly. <laughs> <laughs> and I do believe you to be one of the first people that we're interviewing who is into KNF farming. Would you like to tell our listeners what that's about i'm gonna go because this no. the next part is not gonna be for me <laughs> yeah she's they, gonna explain no 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 you listen you. this will be good you'll, you'll like it i'm gonna bring something out and make you drink it in a minute too <laughs> oh i don't drink that kind of stuff <laughs> you don't even know what it is yet if exactly anything. if it has alcohol i don't do that but if it makes me see stuff i might do that <laughs> Make you see stuff. I don't know. Might be both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, CanX is Korean Natural Farming. The rest of the world just calls it. of that where we just ended is going to be the dime bag so you get to hear and dill and billy sticks around so you guys should just i didn't stick it. around as much as we were recording still and i was like i'm gonna be a part of this dime bag quietly we explained fungi to you i i'm very excited about it you already kind of talked to me about it one time in the car so i was already i was already like peaked about it and then when you guys went in on it i was like this is something special and i like it <laughs> and uh i think it's gonna help but it's like one of those things where you hear it and you're like i think that could help everything i think it's one of the things i think this is secrets and deep entrenched things that ultimately just make the whole world better and it is it is the what, world it's one of those things where i'm like it makes it's like this is why i don't stop learning this is this is the reason because it's sometimes it's this stuff where I'm like, holy magic! Oh, this all makes sense. The physical world makes sense now. My wife is every now and then. I'll, we're trying to fix our uh, garden and stuff too. Like we're redoing the back, and like I know little things now 
about stuff that you can see her just be like, what the fuck? And I'm like, it's, it's from the weed thing, honey. <laughs> the weed thing I'm doing. I can feed us. And when, when everything I falls th- apart, I can feed us. You know how I had all those weapons? I I have those, and now I can also grow us stuff. <laughs> it is going to be wild. Just got to bury the bullets here to grow more bullets. It's all right. That's, no, you don't. No, it's I know not, how to make bullets. That's not how that works. But I can make you bullets, Mike. I, I know a lot know of stuff, too. I know how to too. grow things. So I can get us cattle, too. We Ooh. get cows and all that. I can do animals. You yep. do the animals, I'll do the vegetables and weed. We don't need many. That's the trick. People think you need a lot of animals. That is, I mean, it's like you, kids. Like you don't. You need like one or two. After that, it's. You see what I mm. order at In and Out? Oh, I want a milkshake so bad. I miss the milkshake from In and Out. Mike, are we? Because Humboldt has an In and Out, you guys, and it should. Because there's farms everywhere around there, so it should. It makes sense. And then I got a large chocolate shake because I knew we were going back. I was going to put it in the freezer. You know, you do the thing. And it's in and out, so it's like quality. And Mike got a small, which, uh, first of all, not his style ever. I've never <laughs> seen him get a small anything. And then he gets a small milkshake, and I was like, I don't think he's versed in this establishment. Well, it's because of fucking McDonald's milkshakes. Like, it's I know too much it weird stuff. If you get a large one of those, you feel sick. Yeah, so I was like, let me just. You shouldn't get those. I fucked up, though. I oh, we were up. sitting we were sitting at the Airbnb, surrounded by the Redwoods and the fourth dimensional Bigfoot. And I go to the I go to the freezer and I have to get mine. And I just hear Mike go, I should have got a large. <laughs> just the, it was just that perfect. Like you couldn't. You just, I just felt empathy immediately. I couldn't even laugh at you. I was like, I know, man. Not enough empathy to share, but you know that's quite all I right too. You made an adult decision, <laughs> and you are not my child. <laughs> there, are, none of my children are on that work trip, so I don't have to share shit. I don't have to share guys. nothing. Fuck all this you. This is people. all my food, and no one can have a little bit of it. <laughs> oh man, I haven't. That's funny. I, that is really how I felt. <laughs> I didn't even think about it in the moment, but now I'm like, man, I should have tried the chocolate. <laughs> if you would have asked, I would have done it without even thinking. Like, of course, that's not bit, me. But like, I wasn't thinking like I ain't giving you. No, well, fuck that. I would have never given it to you if the roles were reversed. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Mike also eats those terrible uncrustables. Oh, they're so good, though. They're not good. It the is. consistency's the weirdest space bullshit I've ever... It, it's more so for substance. It, it's meant to... Ooh, though, I did see that they deep fry them now. See? Nope. That's amazing. A deep fried Uncrustable. I feel like we got high listening to this episode is what happened. I think we did. This is, I, bet ev- <laughs> I bet everyone listening still is just like, because they smoke while they're listening to it, it's just like, I'm going to deep fry one of those things right now. Again, That's in what and we out should do milkshake. At the end of every episode is just talk about food. <laughs> well, that's how we get good sponsors. It's oh. like, they can, it's <laughs> like they were like, hey, there's that, the, you get that grown local food bump at the end. <laughs> You see, like a jump in sales, and then that's season finale. I'll teach you how to cook hash browns. That's it's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard. 
The way it's I just, do it. It wasn't that you were that you can cook hash browns we were making fun of. It was the time of day and like just like a Wednesday night at like eleven and you're like, I'm making hash browns and we were like, You okay, buddy? Like, yeah, I always do this. It's like, potatoes. That's how you that's how the Irish have survived for thousands of years. Yeah, but it's also the way you're preparing those potatoes is fucking weird. <laughs> I am a cultured Irishman, so I can't I've just ne- do baked <laughs> potato. And I, my dad likes ash browns. I've never, they're fine to me. They're not my preferred way to take potatoes, but my dad loves them, so I know people love them. I just don't, to me, it's just like, what y'all doing? It's you haven't like had mine yet. That's this. the whole thing. You haven't had mine yet. So I saw them, You, I saw you get them out of the freezer, so they're not yours. <laughs> It's all in the preparation, though. Okay, yeah, no, like that is not that is not what I don't. Mm-mm. Hey, we all get the same strains. We can all get the same <laughs> cuttings of it, but everybody can grow it differently. Okay, thank you very much. What are your strains right now? What are you growing? <laughs> you should make some hash brown strains. <laughs> hash brown strains. <laughs> um, we did just cut down the Max Stomper. Um, that was fantastic. That thing was so fucking chunky and big old boom, boom. But yeah, it's super nice. So we just cut that down. So is it like thick and dense? That kind of like that kind of it's like it's really thick and dense. And then like it, what happens is it gets so heavy that it kind of like flops over. So then like you'll be working and it's just like dragging across your face and stuff. I don't know if that's sanitary. Yep. I guess everyone likes it their own way. Um. (laughs) But yes, the Max Stomper and some SSC was in that run. So we're just continuously hitting them with the SSC and trying to make that happen. But we're only doing small amounts so that once people get excited about it, you know, it creates scarcity and then people go crazy for it. So, but we are in Archive, which is a really high end dispensary up in Portland. They're very. That's where all the great strains are, but you know we're still in the hometown heroes, like you know Next Level, Sweet Tree, The Herbal Connection, all those places. Cool. So, what was the name of the Portland one? Archive. Archive. I've never been to that one. I like. There's some good dispensaries in Portland. Like, no, they're, they're like, uh, uh, what's the word? They're kind of high end, kind of pretentious, which is like. Yeah, that's what I mean when I'm like they're pretty cool. Like they're like taking it to like a just respect this, okay? Yeah. Instead of just like you know there. And I get that there's all types and there should be all types of dispensaries, but I think there should be more high end just because it's like you got to get the people with money because they make the fucking laws. You know yeah. what I mean? And I mean archive, uh, they they have a well curated you know uh, shelf you know they have all the best farms in there all the nicest strains they don't double up on strains and if cannabis god forbid ever goes illegal again they'll do a great job selling high-end expensive like snowboarding equipment and stuff like that so wink wink that's where i'll get my snowboard (laughs) oh man you guys thank you so much follow us on instagram also real quick uh, just a reminder, we are doing a live Q&A this Sunday 
at 5 p.m. West Coast time. That is 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. It'll be on our Patreon second tier. You guys, it's pretty affordable, and you can ask Mike fucking everything you want to ask him. He's long-winded, so you may want to tune in early uh, and get your questions early because he'll just chat. You can ask me whatever. I'll be hanging out, but I won't. I don't know shit. I, you know it, what? You know what? I don't know growing stuff, but I know where to get weed all over the country. How about that shit? <laughs> um, so I got tricks. I got some tricks. He knows about um, milkshakes. I swear to God. I, I know where to eat, and I know how to not get caught with it, and then I know how to be charming when you do get caught with it. <laughs> so I do have some tricks. So tune into that. Guys, if you please share this, share your favorite episodes to people we need more subscribers we need more listeners we're start to we're getting to the point where i think we can almost do ads so we're going to start doing that if you know anybody that would like to advertise on grown local hit us up at grown local pod at gmail.com or we could Thanks, just guys. do an ad for you like if you just want us to talk for like Mike, I was doing so good, and then you were just like, I'm just going to say some stuff at the end and ruin momentum. See, that's why. That's why we're not closing shows yet, Michael. That's why you're the opener. That's why I can't grow yet, because I don't know what I'm doing. I, I just want to work the door. Great. It's like me talking. <laughs> I know. Such a dumb dumb. We'll tell that story. We can't tell that story tonight, but we'll tell that story later, because there's information there they don't need <laughs> yet. But God, Mike said some of the dumbest shit you guys have ever heard. <laughs> it was the best. It made me feel good about how dumb I sound in all the dime bag shit. Slee, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. You're always the best. You guys grow your own. Love you, guys. Bye.